Anthony, this is Fox News. John Hannity, weekdays at 1 on News Talk 930 and 103.9 FM. KROE. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, 307 Discovery Center is receiving these funds per random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment. Member FDIC. Hi, this is Laura from Harker Mellinger. Our advisory services are designed for entrepreneurs and small business owners so you can focus on your business. Our relationship is customized for what you want and need to ensure your business is as efficient as it should be. We will evaluate your business and provide solutions you will benefit from. We will coach you through each step of the process from start to finish. Contact us today, Parker Mellinger, focusing on where you're going, not where you've been. From Sheridan Media News, it's time for Open Line Friday. Your chance to join the conversation and talk about what you want to talk about. Call the Jackson Electric Open Line at 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Open Lines, Aaron Palmer. And good morning, Aaron Palmer on the Jackson Electric Open Line Friday. It's your opportunity to call and talk about what you want to talk about. And uh, first of all, we had our, our uh, first Northern Bank mm-hmm. question this yep. last week. And the question was, how would you grade the performance of the legislators in the recent session? And Steve, let's talk about the results because they're kind of interesting. They are. I don't know if they're all that surprising to me. At least, I, you know, I, I knew they wouldn't be good. Right. Um, but it is kind of interesting that they are in uh, reverse order. Still, yeah, and uh, and actually, pretty good stair steps all the way down. Uh, the highest response was F, forty three percent. That is followed by D at thirty two percent, C at eighteen percent, B at five percent, and only three percent of those responding gave our legislators an A this time around. That is harsh. That is that's that's uh that is yeah yeah. I don't know if I would agree with that myself. I mean. Yeah, there were some things that they could have done better, but they did get some things done. And, you know, I mean, you're on any given year, if you're not if you're not discussing all of these topics that we were. Yeah, we really pay attention to that. I mean, yeah, I would give them maybe a C. Yeah, I was going to say, do you you think that's a, a one issue grade? I think. Maybe it should. I, I could, th- sure, I should. Th- could be. <laughs> I think it might be yeah. very well uh, based on primarily Property. one issue. Yeah, I think what Property. we talked about last week. I right. think, I think that was the biggest thing most people were concerned about, and I think they were upset about how that went. Right. And so all across the board, they're just giving them bad grades. And I think maybe um, a lot of people are looking this at this and saying, "Wow, that you know they should have got something done, more done on property taxes," which. Okay, that's an argument to have. But realistically, anything that they wanted to get done, they were going to probably require a constitutional amendment, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is why a lot of those bills just went by the wayside. If right. you talk to the legislators, you're saying, we, even if we had passed it, it probably would have not, you know, 
pass the constitutional smell test, so to speak. You know? <laughs> right, yes. So it probably would have been a moot point anyway. But at least 11th hour, they came up and they passed that last bill that was basically setting up uh, a constitutional amendment to set aside property taxes in its own Mm. Um, category, for lack of a better term. Because mm. as it is, everything's kind of all lumped together. Right. So it's not permanent or, or well, it, it would be if it's passed, but it's not something that's going to happen immediately. Right. But at least it's setting the groundwork for something to be done in the next session. And this all still has to go, even if Governor Gordon signs this, if I'm not mistaken, it's still got to go to the voters to get passed. Mm. Okay. So even if the governor signs it, which I I don't know if he has yet or not, I think he was intending to, but it still has to go before the voters, and it's going to take a while for this to come to fruition. Yeah, we're talking like at least another election cycle then. Right. Yeah, I think it's 2024 is the next one. So do you think that that we were just expecting too much uh, too soon? I think so, and I think, you know, legislators, and I'm not blaming them, but I think that they were under the impression that they could go down there and have all these sweeping, you know, uh, bills to help people, which mm. was it was a good intent. But once they got down there and started looking into this, they realized, well, maybe not. Easier said than done. Yeah, I think mm. this is going to require more than we were expecting. So okay. I'm not necessarily blaming them. Yeah, but it, yeah, I think that it's that's exactly what happened. Yeah, if I had to guess, I'd say that's the primary driver in these grades, at least. I mean, I, so. I, I mean, you're never going to get more than half the people happy with you anyway. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, the best you're going to get is a C maybe. But right. uh, And I think yeah. that's that's probably a fair grade, at least yeah. in my opinion, is because they did get this, this, and this done. There were some other things that they got done that maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. took precedence over some other things that should have gotten a little bit more attention. Yeah. But overall, you know, it was a eh, 50-50 or a, as my kids say, meh. <laughs> right. You know, they did what they did. They did. Yeah. We've got a caller, first caller. Uh, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yes. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Yes. Um, I would like to ask this question. Is there a website perhaps that somebody could go to to see what bills were passed? We've talked about the voters' disappointment, the 21 bills possibly hoping to address uh, residential property tax, none of which. Uh, got through. But what did get through, and why I want to ask this as well, is there was a little alternative dinge that happened there. Um, I believe the gentleman's name is Summers, Albert Summers, uh, the House um, Speaker, who has been, um, I don't know what the correct word would be, it has been noted that many bills never even made it never made it out of, they used to call it a desk drawer veto or a pocket veto or whatever the name was, and some conversation as well that this was affected only, only for the 22-23 legislative session. His ability to do this, a kind of special, special, I don't know the accuracy of that. I really don't. But I sure would like to know where's the grocery list of what actually passed uh, and we will now be instituting what bills. In other words, we can see where discretionary money actually went. And and do you, if you gentlemen know where one can go to look at this, get the get the list of the of the, of the dids rather than the didn'ts, um, please let us know. I, I'll wait and write it on the chalkboard. Thank okay. you. 
Well, I know that wildledge.gov, I think. Gov, I, I think, think yeah, yeah, I think. Which is the legislative website. If you get in there, you can get into, and I'm not sure this was exactly what she was after, but it, it, for nothing better, this will at least show you what's up there. But you can go there and, and find out the legislation that was proposed. You can go by House bills and mm-hmm. Senate files and find out exactly what happened to them. You can they'll tell right. you right there if it died in a committee or if um it went to failed on third reading or whatever the case may be. Yeah. But you you know you it's not a real concise list. I think just everything is there. Right. You have to kind of Every, dig through it. But, exactly. Yeah. And that's that's what I was going to say is that all all of them are there and you have to go through and kind of know what you're what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um but they do have descriptions of the bills there and the and the file and 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 whatever numbers. So that is at least um, something. I'm not aware of anything else that has anything uh, more specific, I guess, than that. Yeah. If there is something, please let us know. Um, I know that uh, there are a lot of good news agencies, Cowboy State Daily, for mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. which we're affiliated with. They did a great job on the legislature in covering all of the things that that needed to be covered essentially and yep. gave, you know, really concise uh, stories and, and explained what was going on. So there, there are those options as well. We should uh, maybe mention uh, for those wondering, uh, there's about uh, roughly, according to the Montana Dakota website, about 400 uh, power outages in the Bighorn area right oh. now. Uh, we lost power in our mountain transmitter site just before the show started and we we're in that area. So Steve is in yeah. scramble mode for about <laughs> yeah, yeah. five minutes. Yeah. So it looks like uh, the Bighorn area is currently without power, most of it. Okay. So that's the problem. Yeah. So uh, they're uh, working on yeah. it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they're working on it. Hopefully it won't be out for too long. They said uh, on their site the estimated time of restoration is 30 minutes, which is usually pretty good when they say that. So, yeah. If it's undetermined or whatever. <laughs> right, yes. It's like, well, sit tight. You're we've we've seen a lot worse than that. So hopefully 30 minutes or less, we'll have power up there again. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, of the Cowboy State Daily, I was looking through their stories this week and they had the 2023 legislature by the numbers, which okay. I thought was kind of interesting. So this is compiled by Cowboy State Daily. It was actually Leo Wolfson, who is the state politics reporter for uh, Cowboy State Daily. And he did a great job with all of his stories down there. But he compiled some uh, numbers about this year's legislative session. There were 500 bills. Wow. wow. That were that were brought in. 23 vetoes so far. Okay. And more than 3,000 cups of coffee. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go. They're tracking that kind of stuff too. <laughs> he went through, and you know that's kind of comical. But it's you know all these old things uh, are. Important. Uh, it's all stats. It's a guy exactly. I mean, maybe not as close as the NFL tracks everything that they track, but uh, it's still <laughs> worthwhile stats. Some of the other numbers I thought this was interesting. In the 37 days, lawmakers plowed through hundreds of proposed bills, including 497 bills and resolutions. That's the 500 number. Mm-hmm. 39.4% of bills were passed for a total of 196, which not bad. That's yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah. of committee bills passed in both chambers. Okay. 30% of individually sponsored bills passed in both chambers. So less so. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So apparently what's that saying is you got to get your committee dudes on on board. I think that helps. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't hurt. (laughs) Right. (laughs) 23 vetoes from Governor Mark Gordon. 21 were in, were, excuse me, line item vetoes in in the supplemental budget. Okay. So makes sense. Yeah. And so there weren't a lot of things that he overturned or wanted overturned, just uh, some changes to the supplemental budget.
4,394 meals were served to lawmakers and staff. <laughs> That's a few. <laughs> yeah, that is. <laughs> and I doubt that most of them were fast food. Uh, probably not. <laughs> probably not. 95 pounds of caffeinated and decaf coffee brewed at the Capitol. Roughly it, equivalent to more than 3,000 cups. Okay, is, is that the, the dry weight or after you've brewed it? I'm assuming... Good question. I don't know. I, I would imagine usually you would measure it in pounds when yeah. it's just the beans. Right. And it's not pounds. It, like you do have a liquid unit of measure once it's brewed. Right. So I would assume, yes. That's my. That's the dry weight. Wow. Okay. Dry weight. But in 3,000 cups of coffee, that seems, <laughs> for 37 days, that's 100 cups of coffee a day. Yeah, that's, that seems a little low. Maybe that'll make it, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Make it stronger, maybe. I don't know. I guess. I guess. Huh. Um, Interesting that they, that they track that stuff. Okay. Well, we've got some more stuff to talk about here about the legislature. If you have something you want to talk about concerning the legislature or anything else, for that matter, we'll talk about it. It's open Numbers lines, to right? Call, yeah, open line. Numbers to call 674-4443 or 672-5763. And uh, we'll, be, we'll be back right after this on the Jackson Electric open line right after this. Jackson Electric and you'll see the light. Maybe it's as simple as adding an extra outlet. Maybe it's as detailed as wiring an industrial building. Maybe it's high efficiency LED lighting or a fire alarm system or phone system installation and repair. Maybe it's data system wiring, irrigation wiring or electric motor sales and repair. Commercial, residential, industrial, agriculture, above ground, below ground. Call Jackson Electric and you'll see the light at 1851 North Main in Sheridan. Prime Rate Motor, they recently had a customer stop in and inherited a vehicle and wanted to use it as a trade-in on a first car for their daughter who actually drove the old Blazer into the dealership. Prime Rate's team went right to work showing the soon-to-be college student what her parents had in mind, but she had her eye on the baby blue crossover. In the end, she drove out in the baby blue crossover, which gets great gas mileage and is a safe car for back and forth to Laramie. Problem solved here at Prime Rate Motors and Super Trailer Store, 2305 Coffeen Avenue in Sheridan. This announcement brought to you by Farmers Co-op Country Store on Coffeen Avenue, home of the 99-cent soda. Hi, everyone. This is Kyle Median with Sheridan County 4-H. You and your family are invited to our annual 4-H Carnival fundraiser on Saturday, March 11th from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. at the Sheridan County Fairgrounds Exhibit Hall. This family-friendly event will feature games, door prizes, and yummy food. Saturday, March 11th from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. at the Sheridan County Fairgrounds Exhibit Hall. We hope to see you there. All right, Jackson Electric open line Friday where you are the guest. That's right. Are you not looking at You looked at me when you said that. Where you? But you weren't really talking to, to me. You specifically, <laughs> just you in general, all the public. Numbers to call 674-4443, 672-5763, and we'll talk about what you would like to talk about. But what we did have on the uh, poll question this week was... A the, failing grade. A failing grade by the... Uh, to the legislature mm-hmm. by at least a lot of people. Yeah, if you look it up, I mean, it's like 60, what, 65% of those gave a D or worse. Yeah. That's a majority saying uh, less than a C, so. And as we said earlier, that's harsh. Mm-hmm. 
really harsh. Mm -hmm. And I think, as you said earlier, it was driven by people's perception that nothing got done on property tax reform. I'm guessing and, so. I mean, that was the big issue, yeah. and that was, and they they definitely didn't get much done there. So, right. and they, as we heard, there were over twenty, I think, twenty one bills that were introduced that had something to do with uh, property tax reform, and one got through. And then uh, they finally revisited one of the other bills, which was the constitutional amendment um, to separate uh, residential properties out of the all other categories. Yeah. And that passed on the 11th hour. So they <laughs> did get two through. Yeah. And I think, uh, as we talked about earlier, that the Constitution is uh, kind of the eh, holdup or the bump in the road, so mm -hmm. to speak, for a lot of those bills, which just died. So yeah. People's perception, I think, was, wow, 20-some-odd bills, and they didn't get any of them through. Well, yeah, um, and, and the bottom line is they were hoping to get some relief right. before the next tax you know, thing bill yeah. comes, and uh, they got to yeah. pay a bunch of money, and they were hoping to have something done before then. Right, and not these gonna bills happen. are coming out as we speak, mm -hmm. tax bills, for this year. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are seeing another increase mm -hmm. in their property taxes, and so there needs to be something done, yeah. something done. We've got a couple of callers. Let's uh, go ahead and take them. First caller, you're on the air. Go ahead. Good morning. Good morning. Is this me? Yes, there you are. Go oh, ahead. Okay, great. Um, I have been listening to a KROE soundbite this week of Representative Cyrus Western blaming freshman legislators for bills not getting passed because they talk too much at the microphone, which is a lie. But, you know, aside from that, where does, who does Cyrus think that he is, that he's the judge of who gets to talk on the floor? I feel like he wants to silence other people's representatives. We have a new freshman legislator right here in Sheridan, and, and it's bullying. Other people's representatives should, should be able to do, do their debate on the floor. I, I just think that's outrageous. Okay, good mm -hmm. point. Yeah. When I spoke with uh, Representative Cyrus Western, he he did say that, but I think it was maybe taken out of context because he wasn't necessarily blaming them. He was just pointing out the fact that there were a lot of legislators that were totally within their right to do so, and they got up and wanted to speak on various issues. And um, he, not that he was blaming them. He said they have every right to do so. That's what they're there to do. He was just pointing out that there were a lot of people that were going up and speaking on different issues that maybe in the past wouldn't have. because. And, and one of the other things is, is that I think legislators, when they've been there for a while, other legislators have a tendency to know how they're going to vote. Mm. Or, or at least have a, an inkling of where they're leaning toward. So there's not maybe a lot of uh, debate in in those instances, I think. And that's I think that's what the crux of what Western was getting at. At least that was my impression when I was talking to him. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. Um, we've got another caller. Caller, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't like to think that I'm a bully or anything, but I'm curious about... Uh, whether the legislature looked at the time change, if they're going to leave that alone, we're going to keep changing our times back and forth, or if we're going to ever stick to one of them. Yeah. 
Good question. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. There's, I know there's some, there is some state stuff, but I didn't, I haven't heard anything this time around mm -hmm. at all. If there was, I did not hear yeah. either. Uh, out of curiosity, I was just curious if you guys knew anything. Uh, which which way would you like to stick? Would you like to stick with the one that's coming up this weekend, or stick with where we are right now? I would like to stick with what it is in the summertime. Yeah, standard. Time. I think that's generally what most people think. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like the later sunsets. Right. So what's interesting is that's the opposite of what Arizona and Hawaii do. I think they stay on standard time, uh, or they stay on the, the winter time year-round. Savings time. Yeah, is that saving time? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I, I always get confused with those two. <laughs> is Arizona, are they the one that sticks to the summertime, standard time? That's, what we're, that's yeah. what we're trying to figure they, out. They stick okay, to, okay. I think they stick to the time we're on right now, I think. Okay. Which is... So if they don't spring forward, they just stay where they're at. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Well, they, I mean, they don't do either one, but... But they, uh, they're also quite a bit farther south, so their yeah. their sunsets are going to be later. And same with Hawaii. I think Hawaii is the same way. And we've talked about this before, that it, it does sound like a good idea to stay with the one that we're coming up on here and have your you know 9 p.m. summer sunsets. That's right. always nice. The downside to that is if you stay on that time in the winter, your sunrise, the latest sunrise is almost 9 a.m. Right. And so we've, we've got issues with trying to get kids to school, and it's basically pitch dark outside right. in the winter right. you know bad weather dark as anything may not be the greatest idea so i think if you do that you probably want to shift the time that school starts and stuff like that which then that creates complications if parents are dropping kids off at school on the way to work and right. they have to be at work at eight and school doesn't start until nine uh, there's a lot of complications that come along with that and i think that's part of what the discussions were was mm -hmm. hey you know we can do this and it sounds good but boy is it really going to affect this down here yeah especially us up in the northern areas right. um yeah and we, i think we've had a we've talked about this on the show before where they actually did in the u.s try a permanent daylight saving time or whatever it is i can't remember which one it is the permanent summertime was tried in the 70s and it didn't last very long people didn't like it and the main reason was because it was dark in the morning when you were going to work in the winter yeah i mean it, it's kind of a pick your poison type mm -hmm. thing you know a lot of us would like to be able to go home from work and, you know, have some daylight, go outside and do whatever. But realistically, especially in Wyoming, yeah. what are you going to do outside? Shovel, <laughs> you know, shovel yeah. snow? I mean, I think it would be a good thing to stop the flip-flop back and forth. Right. It's a pain in the butt. It, 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 statistics show that it causes health issues. There's car wrecks and things like that. A lot of people just have a hard time adjusting to that, to that different time. But if you're doing that, we need to make some other adjustments as well. And one of those things, I think, is, is starting school later. Uh, rather than having it, I mean, it would basically be middle of the night when you're going. I mean, it's as dark as middle of the night when you're taking kids to school. That's not safe, especially in the winter. Right. I don't know. I don't know what the <laughs> what the what the way yeah. is to fix that. I have no idea. I mean, and then you have to look at it. I mean, yeah, it's inconvenient, but you do get over it in a week or so. You're on the on the new schedule and everything's fine. Um, but it is an inconvenience that happens twice a year. And do we have to have that inconvenience? Is it worth that inconvenience to have a lighter sunrise, an earlier sunrise in the winter? That's basically what it accomplishes for us. Right. And an extra hour of sleep. <laughs> well. One time that you're going to lose yeah, later on. I mean, yeah. And for me, that doesn't work because the computer systems here, trying to make them repeat an hour is a lot more difficult than trying to make them skip an hour. The one coming up this weekend, it'll have no problem. Yeah. The right. one that we have to repeat an hour. More often than not, something doesn't work right, and I'm up at 2 o'clock in the morning fixing it anyway. So I'm not getting any more sleep <laughs> that weekend. It takes a while to catch up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so personally for me, I'd be just fine with uh, not doing it, but I, th I do think we need to make some other adjustments rather than just not doing the daylight saving switch every, every gotcha. year. Well, we talked about the...
poll question and the legislative session, people are kind of not thrilled about it. <laughs> yeah. But I, uh, I don't I wasn't really surprised. But were you surprised at how bad it was? Yeah. 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 I mean, it was just overwhelming. I would have figured there'd been some F's and some A's. And those, I think, are extreme because mm-hmm. we all know the session wasn't an A. Come on. Right. But I think maybe it's because you followed it a little more closely and you have a more a more maybe broad view of what happened. A lot of people that were not following it and were just looking for results in the thing they cared about right. sure. are going to are going to grade it a lot more harshly. Sure. So I think or, you or with, better. Possibly. If, yeah. If their things possibly. went through, they look and they go, oh, they did a great job. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think a C, a C grade on there, I think is probably that's what you would give it. That's what I would yeah. give it. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about what they passed because they had some. Uh, the Wyoming Freedom Caucus played a significant role in this year's legislature, and from what I talked when I talked to Senator Kinsky, uh, Representative Craigle, and Representative Western, they all had pretty much the same opinion of the Freedom Caucus. Now let's let's explain. If people are not aware of what it is, it is a group, a caucus, of conservative uh, voters in the legislature that kind of banded together and they kind of have their their agenda and their things that they want to push through, mm-hmm. which is some people would say is not a good thing. Others would say, well, yes, it is. And it came about due to their their perception that they weren't able to get anything done individually, so they kind of got together and said, well, let's let's see if we can do this together. Mm-hmm. Um, so the opinion of the legislators I talked to, Kinski, Crago, Western, um, was that it's not necessarily a bad thing. They understand where it came from and that they're basically just representing the people that voted them in. Yeah. And, yeah. and maybe um, trying to do it with a little more a little more power behind what they're trying to get done. Sure, yeah. sure. So they, they don't necessarily view it as, oh, they're trying to take over the legislature or anything like that. They're just trying to get things done for their constituents. Mm-hmm. I can't even talk today. <laughs> um, apparently, we've got a caller. Let's go ahead and go to the caller. You're on the Jackson Electric open line. Go ahead. Hey, hello. This is Brian Miller of the Sheridan County Republican Party Chair. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Hey, doing good. Hey, um, regarding the, the legislative poll, um, there, there's a couple of things. Um, actually, I'll start off with this. Uh, when it comes to the uh, needing a, uh, an amendment to the Constitution to change property taxes, that, that's nonsense. Uh, even though LSO has backed off on that, uh, there were plenty of ways to, to, to modify and change and give relief this year that uh, just we're not taking advantage of. Um, and that's I mean, we can talk about that more if you like. Okay. But I'd like to also just talk about the legislative poll as a whole. Sure, go ahead. Okay. So on the legislative poll, um, the property taxes were certainly an, an issue that stuck in people's minds, mostly because of what I just said. There were many ways that we could actually had some type of relief this time around that was that was uh, affected more than just a small number of people. Um, the things that people were angry about and that I'm getting calls about constantly and did all throughout the session was that the actions that were taken by the Senate president and the Speaker of the House in denying bills the opportunity to, to make it to the floor and make it to the committees, the fact that the Speaker had a rule or has a rule just for this legislative session for 23 and 24 that he can keep any bill off the floor that he wants, uh, which is it would t- makes it completely um, the, the people and the representatives have no say 
in the legislature. One guy ends up having the control of the entire House or Senate in that case. Um, people were upset about actions on the committees, um, substituting entire bills, putting someone else's bill in under someone else's name. Uh, you know, that's just that's trickery and things that, that go on that is that are technically legal. Um, but it's ridiculous because people do not like it when people play those games. Um, people were concerned about the transgender uh, issues, the medication expansion issues, life bills, Second Amendment, a plethora of items that people talk to me about. Um, they're very concerned about what the Crony Caucus has been doing down there. Um, and the Crony Caucus is, is kind of defined as the, the, uh, the more progressive Republicans that are down there and the Democrats combined in a group which, as you saw in the House, was typically 32 to, to 30 on the votes. Um, it, it was very obvious who that, that group ended up being. Um, and that's what folks have been upset about. And they've really been hammering hard uh, on the party, saying, hey, you guys need to be more involved. You guys need to talk to our representatives. You know, you're, you're our voice as a whole at the legislature, so please be more involved. So um, that, that's what folks are upset about. That's why the grades occurred out there. It's not, not because of a single issue. It's because of all of those combined. That's why it was so bad this time, in, in my opinion. And, and like I said, based upon the, the hundreds of calls that I've received over the last two months. Okay, um, fair enough. The, I, I hope that is yeah, the case. That, yeah, because that means people are following it a little more closely right, than I assumed right. they were. Right. Yeah. Oh, and, and yeah, in a big way. I mean, the, the Republican women here in Sheridan County, uh, there's a thing called the Legislative Action Committee. They've been very engaged, and they're engaged all throughout the state, um, not not just the folks here in Sheridan, but they engage with more than 2,500 other folks around the state to keep track of what's going on down there. Um, I encourage you to kind of follow that if, you, if you're interested at all on the political side. Um, and I have, I have an announcement, too, if that's okay. Sure. Okay, on, on uh, this Wednesday, March 15th, we're having a Patriot chat, and our state, our federal representative, Harriet Hagman, is going to be the uh, initial guest speaker, 30 p.m. at the Best Western. And uh, and folks are certainly invited to come to that. Okay. Um, and I'd love to have you guys there or anyone from the radio station there as well. Okay. All right. Thank you much. Uh, Passing along. Yeah. The if you have any questions for me, I'm, I'm open to, to answering questions right now, too. Okay. I've got none at the moment, but uh, I'm sure if people show up, they'll be able to ask questions as they see fit. Thank you. Uh, all right. Thanks. All right. Thanks. And uh, with that, we're going to take a quick break on the Jackson Electric Open Line. We'll be back. Aaron Palmer, Steve Sisson, we'll be back right after this. Plug into Jackson Electric and you'll feel the power. If it has anything to do with electricity, anything at all, call Jackson Electric. Commercial, residential, agricultural, it makes no difference. Call Jackson Electric. Jackson Electric does high-efficiency LED lighting and fire alarm systems installation. Wiring a home, wiring a business, new electrical service, or enlarging existing surface. Call Jackson Electric and you'll see the light at 1851 North Main in Sheridan. I'm here today with Candace Crane from Sheridan Honda and Power Sports. Tommy, hi. I'm kind of sad. Snowmobile season is coming to an end, but you know what that means. Say Pat these days? No, I'm talking about spring break for 2024 Ski-Doo and Link Sleds. What's spring break? It's when you can pre-order one of the 2024 models and get an extra year of warranty or $750 worth of parts and accessories 
groceries for free. I guess it's time to spread the word about spring break. It is. Stop in before March 31st to put your deposit in for your dream machine. Visit Sheridan Power Sports for your spring break needs. A group that's been captivating global audiences since 1973. San Jose Tyco takes the Y.O. Theater stage Tuesday, March 21st at 7 p.m. Inspired by traditional Japanese drumming, company performers express the beauty of human spirit through the voice of the Tyco, creating a vibrant contemporary art form which connects people through cultural understanding and creative expression. Tickets are available now through the Y.O. Box Office or online at yotheater.com. Do you ever use words that you don't know the meaning of just to make yourself sound more photosynthesis? Well, at the Health Nut, you don't have to sound all that smart to feel better about yourself. You can do that at the Healthy Soup, Salad, Sandwich, and Smoothie Bar. And aisle after aisle of healthy supplements to keep you sharp as a centroid. In an organic grocery store that is just as smart. The Health Nut on Sheridan's 5th Street, where you will always leave feeling calculus. Hi, this is Christy Kinghorn with Buffalo Realty, and let's talk about Nine to Smith Court. This lake resort oasis on 5.16 acres overlooks Lake DeSmit. The layout of this four-bedroom, three-bath home has a master bedroom suite with a walk-in closet and master bath, nice office and three more bedrooms, and two more bathrooms. A large kitchen with an island separates the living room and the family room. Call me, Christy Kinghorn at Buffalo Realty, connecting people with property. Radio is a great career. Sheridan Media employs a number of people in various capacities, including advertising sales, news, promotions, business administration, and engineering. If you or your organization would like to know if there's a job opening at Sheridan Media, send your mailing address request to Bob Grammons, General Manager, Sheridan Media. P.O. Box 5086, Sheridan, Wyoming, 82801. We'll send a notice to your organization or group every time there's a full-time job opening. Sheridan Media is an equal opportunity employer. Jackson Electric open line on 9.30 a.m. and 103.9 FM KROE. Steve Sisson joining me, Aaron Palmer. We'll be on the FM as soon as the FM's back on. Time's it's currently on. off because of a power failure. But Tell, tell us again about that. That happened, uh, Rock, is it Rocky Mountain Power or uh, it's, MDU? Uh, yeah, MDU, and it's, uh, it looks like it's affecting roughly 400 customers. Um, Bighorn area, Bird Farm Road, uh, that area is still currently without power. And um, they're still saying uh, estimated uh, restoration time. Oh, no, they just changed it. Two hours now. Ah. So. So in another half hour, it'll be later today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they must have found something that was a little worse than they originally anticipated. So now they're saying estimated two hours for the power to come back on in the Bighorn area. Okay. So if you're wondering what happened to your power, that's what happened. It's not on. That's what happened. They yeah. never let make your life easy, do they, Steve? <laughs> no. <laughs> that's all right. They're, they're doing more work than I am. I'm just waiting. Right. I'm so waiting for them to get it. Do. Yeah. And then once it comes back on, I have to make sure everything on the mountain comes back. But uh, yeah. And uh, hopefully... We were talking about this earlier. You don't have to drive. Uh, yes. I feel bad for those guys that have to go up and do that yeah, kind of work this time of year. It's the worst time of year to get to that site. No kidding. Okay. Numbers to call if you have something you would like to talk about, 674-4443 or 672-5763. Our poll question this week was giving a grade. We asked for a grade on mm -hmm. the legislative session. And overwhelmingly, it was Ds and Fs. Yes. 60-something percent, almost 70 percent gave them less than a C. Yeah. Not good. Um, harsh, and we, we talked about this earlier and thought there might have been one issue or a couple. No, according to our caller, it was 
quite a few issues. So well, I, I think that's a good thing, though, because yeah. the government works best when the people are involved in it. And uh, if that's the case, then that is a good thing. I, I was assuming that a lot of them were just like a one issue thing and uh, not really following it very closely. But if what Brian said is true, then that makes that makes me feel better. Yes. At least, as you said, people are involved. And they're like, I don't like a lot of stuff that happens. <laughs> right. right. We've got another caller. Caller, are you on the Jackson Electric open line? Go ahead. Thank you. Um, two, two things. Well, I think what's going on in our legislature is they're just practicing for the same BS uh, before they can go to Washington or attempt to get elected to that office. But the other thing, I was wondering how the gold buck, I know they were starting to, or I read something that they were considering gold buck here in Wyoming. And I don't, I, I like the idea because it's not fiat currency, but I didn't know if there was anything more that became of that. And just wondering. That is a good question. I saw a couple of stories on it and I don't know exactly what happened. So mm. if we have anybody out there that knows what happened and can explain to this caller what happened, uh, please feel free to call in. I don't know. Honestly. Yeah, I, I Obviously nothing happened with it, but why it happened that way mm. or, or what exactly happened, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any. <laughs> now that is an interesting thing, though, because you know yeah. moving to the gold standard is something I think a, a, a significant number of people think would be a good move. Well, and not just in Wyoming, but federally. You know, mm -hmm. They were, they were wanting to get rid of the, uh, as she said, the fiat banking mm -hmm. system, go mm -hmm. back to the gold standard. And quite honestly, I don't know if that's a bad idea. There's definite advantages to doing so, but um, I don't know if it would ever actually happen. Not on a federal level, I don't know. I mean, that, I don't know what it would take to get that done. It would be You'd difficult. have to get rid of the banking system yeah right? but and how much power does that have in the, in our government though right. i mean that, probably a lot more than people realize. right yeah so i don't know how you would ever i mean it's like term limits for congress yeah i don't it's think they're gonna happen yeah, right i'm so. not gonna vote myself down you know. <laughs> right why would i I'm do gonna that stay in here forever and make millions of dollars? exactly why would i vote for that? if i were in nancy's pelosi's shoes i would be <laughs> insane to vote myself out of office right. i mean it's just never gonna happen right crazy yeah well, let's take a look at some of the other things that happened in the legislature. Um, and, and I think that there were some people that were following this. Maybe this is part of what gave people the idea that maybe they needed a bad grade in the legislature. But there were a lot of gender and sexuality-based mm -hmm. um, legislation that happened. Um, probably the biggest one is Senate File 133, which is the eligibility in interscholastic sports. Basically, this is let's keep biological males out of female sports. Mm -hmm. And originally, it didn't look like it was going to go through. Right. And we talked a little bit about this last week. Mm -hmm. But um, originally, it was just a broad scope of, of any age. Mm-hmm. And they then they got it down to, well, we're going to do this for high school age girls and not do anything about collegiate age girls or the younger girls. And so I kind of questioned that. Mm -hmm. But eventually they settled on they would go from grades 7 through 12 to protect those. Mm -hmm. And that actually went through. 
So right. we'll see how that how that pans out. Is it right. gonna, is it going to be constitutionally upheld? Who knows? And how often is it going to come up? That's another question too. Right. I mean, I'm sure eventually it's going to get tested somehow. Uh, I don't know how long it'll take, but at some point it's probably bound to get used. Right. One of the things we talked about last week, because this came up when I was thinking about it, I was thinking about this when it came up and wondering why they would omit college age girls out of this. And then it dawned on me, well, wait a minute, you know, let's say that the state of Wyoming passes this broadly and says that biological males cannot compete in interschool or intercollegiate sports. Mm-hmm. And Wyoming's the only state, let's say for the sake of argument, that passes this. What would what would that mean? Well, it would mean that the University of Maryland, the University of Southern California, whoever that allows biological males to compete would then look at this and go, well, we're just not going to go compete mm. against Wyoming and Wyoming. If you want to compete, you bring your team here. Yeah. So that would be a financial difficulty for the state of Wyoming. I don't know if that was part of the argument, but it probably should have been. Yeah, it makes sense. Probably um, should have been. So I don't know. Maybe that came up in, in discussion, and that's why they decided not to do that. Yeah. One of the other um, gender and sexuality laws was Chloe's Law, which was uh, would have prohibited doctors from performing gender-affirming surgeries on minors, um, and it was amended everywhere. It, it just went through all of these different uh, stages and all these different amendments. And... <laughs> the committee that heard this thing finally and had all the amendments in there, da, 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 sent the bill back to the floor and had a do not pass recommendation. Never heard from again. Mm. And I think um, that's unfortunate. I think that, again, looking at this, how how relevant would this be in the state of Wyoming? You know, I mean, how many transgender people are we looking at that are minors, number one? Right. And number two, is it really something that we need to protect? And I think the idea is good, but is it necessary? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't have any idea how often something like that would come up. Right. I mean, obviously, it's like, you know, have the law in place in case it does come up. Um, And I'm sure at some point down the road, it's bound to happen. But yeah, I don't know how often something like that happens here. I mean, Wyoming's not very populous to begin with so your chances are auto- right. automatically lower than most other states but right so yeah again how necessary is it um the callers were talking about um bills that were essentially vetoed in the speaker or you know his desk mm-hmm. and one of those was senate file 117 which was parental rights and education and this again goes back to gender sexuality mm-hmm. blah 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 mm-hmm. the bill would have prevented public schools from teaching about gender identity or sexual orientation to children from K through third grade. Okay. Um, again, are we doing this? Not that I know of. I mean, I had a daughter that's just going through grade school now, and I'm not aware of any of those kind of subjects being taught at all. And right. she's, she's out of elementary now. I don't remember that being a subject ever that came up. Okay. So again, how how relevant is this? Yeah, I don't know. Other school districts, maybe other parts of the state. I don't know. I mean, I would say that most school districts are pretty conservative in Wyoming, so I can't imagine that that's going to be something that they're going to be pushing very hard for. I, I can imagine they'd get all kinds of pushback if it happens. So. Oh, I would imagine they would. Um, and I don't deal with 
any of the Sheridan County school districts. Mm-hmm. I deal with Johnson County. Mm-hmm. And they are, you know, I've talked to their superintendent, and there are questions from some parents down there talking about critical race theory, talking mm-hmm. about, you know, the gender studies that we're talking about. And they're not offered in Johnson County that I'm aware of either. No, and I think the critical race theory is not really an elementary thing anyway. That's more high school, right. college. Right, but I mean, it that, falls that, under the same category. You know, those kind of concepts aren't things that young kids are going to be comprehending anyway. anyway. Right. Yeah, Right, but at least as far as the superintendent at JCESD1 is concerned, you know, they have to follow the curriculum that's set by the state. Mm-hmm. So as long as those things are not being adopted by the state, which so far they have not been to my mm-hmm. knowledge. Yeah, I'm not aware of it either. They're the, then it's kind of a moot point. Mm-hmm. But, but getting back to what we were saying, this um, Senate File 117, which would prevent teaching uh, gender studies to kids K through 3, that sat in the House speakers, and again, the caller said Representative Albert Summers, which he is the speaker, she was correct. And it sat in his desk. I mean, he just essentially didn't even bring it out for discussion, which if that was the case, I'm not sure that's really the way to do it. Right? I think it needs to be a debate. You just ignore it and it'll go away? Is right. that kind of the... <laughs> I mean, that just seems kind of wrong to me. Bring it out for debate and then and vote on it. Yeah. That's what... If it makes it through that process, then get it through the process. Right. You know, complete the process. Right. And then if it's not something that the people want, then you vote those people out the next time. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's how this that's is supposed how it's, to work. Yeah, exactly. Man, yeah. craziness. Okay. Let's uh, let's go ahead and take another quick break right there. We're uh, Steve Smith. Steve Smith. <laughs> I, Steve I like S- that. <laughs> I could take Drummer it. Drummer for Journey. I know, right? I, I'm not going to argue with that at all. <laughs> Steve Sisson <laughs> and Aaron Palmer on the Jackson Electric Open Line. We'll be back after this if I can figure out who we are. <laughs>